0: So welcome in on RoanRadio.com channel 2 live from Roan University Karaguna with you here and today we are joined by Kate Fagan. Yes Kate Fagan who is an Emmy Award-winning journalist and number one New York Times best-selling author. She spent seven years as a columnist and feature writer for ESPNW, ESPN.com, and ESPN, the magazine, currently works for Metal Arc Media and hosts the podcast called Off the Looking Glass. And Kate, you are here joined today to discuss your latest book, Hoop Muses, an insider's guide to pop culture and the woman's game, which goes on sale tomorrow. So that's very, very exciting. And Kate, again, thank you so much for joining us here on Rural Radio.
1: Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me.
0: Of course. So there's a couple of questions to get things started for you. Can you just talk to me about all the research that went into the development of this book, you know, taking us through the timeline of the WNBA, all the stats that you have, the anecdotes, the stories. Can you just talk to me about all the research that went into this book?
1: Yeah. So the the concept of the book is to really take people on a journey through the history of the game and and entertaining, and joyful, and exciting way. And to do that using illustrations, comic book art, really vibrant colors, and as well as taking people through the history so they get acquainted with some of the stories that got buried by our history. Also, when we say that pop culture piece in the subhead, really introducing a lot of um, fun elements like video games from the 90s, movie posters that should have been, but never were a different, like fashion, different pop culture like that. So it was a combination of both sort of creativity and reimagining a world that had valued women's sports, similarly to how we value men's sports, as well as actually going back and trying to piece together because there wasn't much written about a lot of the women who played in various locations during decades, like the 1920s, 1930s. And so it was trying to go back and, and find maybe the one press clipping that existed or the one archivist who'd written about something valuable in that history and and trying to make sure to to highlight it and share it in a really entertaining way not in can often be seen when we think about like books about history. Often you can just assume they're going to be tedious. We're trying to be the opposite of that with hoop muses.
0: And I want to talk a little bit about the women's game I- itself. Can you talk to me about the growth that you've seen, you know, collegially with basketball at the WNBA as well? Can you talk about this growth
1: that maybe you've seen from your perspective as well? Yeah, I mean, there's like the the growth that has existed, you know, over the last 30 years, but I think what's probably more relevant to the audience is just the last two to three and how both the anecdotal evidence that a lot of people I know who are in sports, even um, either casually or immersed in it can see just like the way that like certain franchises have come on to our radar, whether it's like angel city FC a soccer franchise out in LA and every metric that you would care about in the sports world points to a pretty dramatic growth whether it's the ratings for a number of sports, college sports, women's college basketball on ESPN, women's college softball, the social engagement metrics that come out of Twitter and Instagram, all of these point to uh, an inflection point for women's sports, one that we haven't seen before, where the the valuation of franchises is higher, the the engagement with media and with storylines is higher. And so it... We are kind of in this moment, if you're paying attention, where, where women's sports is, is really being seen as maybe the one area in the sports world that we haven't mined fully that can tell us new stories and we can, we, we can grow games in ways that we can't on the men's side because we've exploited them to every angle possible kind of going back to the, the book aspect, what was the point in your life in that
0: moment where you kind of sat down and you said, you know, I'm going to write this book? And what were the first steps that you used to kind of ignite this process?
1: Well, I, I can't remember why I stumbled onto this idea. I mean, I, I remember calling my mom when I was out for a walk, like right after I kind of had the idea of like, well, what if I tried to Share the mythology, the history of the game in the, in a different way than it had been done. Because, you know, oftentimes when I was on ESPN, I'd try to like scream from the rooftops about the value of women's sports, but it was kind of falling on deaf ears. And then there's books about the history of the game, but they can often feel like they're they're difficult to consume. And I was like, what if I blended? some joy and excitement and brought on an illustrator so that some of these stories that might seem black and white and dull we could like inject life into and I remember talking to my mom about it and that was like the first moment where I was like I could definitely do this like I I could get an illustrator and it started out with just thinking it would be me and the illustrator and I put together a proposal for it and then sort of in the process of doing that I was like you know I really will need a WNBA player or maybe not a WNBA player, but like one of the, the best players of all time who's played at the Olympic level and the highest levels, because I thought that would give the book a kind of credibility that maybe I couldn't lend it. And so that was really the process of of putting a proposal together, getting Sophia Chang on board, who's our illustrator, and then getting Simone Augustus on board to to help me add that like final cherry on top to a lot of these pieces where I had that, that really true insider visibility into a lot of these stories. And that perfectly segues into my next
0: question, which was about mm-hmm. Simone Augustus. And you know, what was it like working with her the, the legend of the game of basketball? Can you just describe that? What was it like working with Simone in this whole process?
1: Well, it was just really reassuring at every turn to know that I could run something by her and have a really insider point of view on some of the, the elements of the book we wanted to build. Some of it was really clear cut, which was I want to write this essay and Simone lived this, whether it was playing overseas and wanting to write about that game, that, that life or a specific moment in the WNBA between her and Diana Taurasi that has kind of carried on a life of its own. And it's like, okay, I'll just go straight to the source and Simone And then some of the other stuff was a little more nuanced where it was I want to create this element of like the greatest international players of all time. Here's my list. Who would you pick as the top five? And then really leaning on her for that type of feedback. I mean, there are other parts of the book like the history where Simone had no more insight than I necessarily did going into it. So that was stuff that kind of tackled on my own. But when you get later into the book, into the more modern game and the pop culture part of it, that's where you really see her
0: fingerprints. Yeah, for sure. And we were fortunate enough to get a copy here at the station, and I def I read through it before. And the artwork and the illustration just jumps out at you. And I know you but, talked about it before multiple times. You know, what was it like working with Sophia Chang? And can you talk about how important the illustrations are to to drive home this narrative and help tell the story?
1: The illustrations are really the whole point of the book. You know, like that just adding this element of art, culture, fashion, color, vibrancy, joy. A lot of the times that is the, the thing that we can feel is missing from the women's game because it doesn't have the same place in our culture. And so you kind of feel like you're isolated. Like if, if you're going to go watch a women's game, it's not like we have the whole history and you go to the bar and there's like the tailgating and there's the whole, whole culture around it. And so being able to find somebody like Sophia who even before this book, and the reason I, I wanted her for this book was because she's already involved in the culture. She was already she was already doing illustrations in the sports world, and the the one that I saw where I was like, okay, Sophia's definitely the right person, she had done an illustration for uh, Grantland, which was a website run by ESPN for many years, and it was of Brittany Griner dunking. And it was just like the perfect, perfect energy for what we wanted to bring to Hoop Muses. And I think... I mean, I think just the color and the style of everything hopefully makes it this package where you just you want it out in your home because it's just vibrant and beautiful, regardless of you, if you're going to read it cover to cover. You just it like it, it kind of is a statement piece for you for, you know, you know, coffee table book or wherever it's like it's kind of a statement where you're like, oh, this is like a cool, different book that is trying to tell a different story than some of our usual sports stories. For sure, it, those the illustrations just draw you right in. It just
0: it's they're so awesome. And kind of yeah. talking about the younger audience, I mean, how important do you think it is to talk to tell the younger audience about the history of the game and put the pop culture flares in the mix of it, and you know, providing the entertainment, that knowledge of the game, telling the timeline of the story. How do you, how important do you think it is for the younger audience to get that feel for it as well in this book?
1: We wanted all of those elements to work together. Where you're when you first open the book, you know, there's when you first get to actual pages in the book because when you actually open the book there are those what the publishing world calls end papers where it's like a sophia chang kind of like almost like a wallpaper that's on the book but then when you get to like the first sort of like real pages of the book it's comic book art and it's you're you're we're trying to draw you in with this very futuristic story and this device to take you back in time as opposed to just dropping you in this like 1891 world where maybe there would be no connection point or no engine to take you through the book, and we wanted to do that for a younger, for I mean, for every reader. But in this case, if you're talking about a younger reader, where the goal is, if they love basketball and but they, you know, like many young kids or even older players of the game, they may have a very limited knowledge of it. It may, it may not go back farther than 10 years. And we wanted this, we wanted the whole package to, like, have you crave taking you through the story so that you learn about some of these women, like Native American women who had been playing the game or, like, black barnstorming clubs in the 1930s so that maybe it's not history that you would be drawn to otherwise, but here you're kind of getting it and you're, like, and you end up and you see the rich, if you're a young basketball player, you kind of see the richness of the history of the game in a way that you haven't before. And in an interview with Just
0: Women's Sports, you said, we know the current logo of many men's teams. We know the previous seven logos, and we can trace the iteration of the 1980s New York Yankees to became the New New York Yankees now. And women's sports have never had that. Mythologizing women in sports is a crucial piece of building the cultural value around the game. And you said that you want the book to fill that gap. So can you explain to me how you were able to do that in this book and fill that gap and piece together history with this book?
1: Well, the hope was that a lot of the really fun cool stories that if they had happened in men's sports, we already would have had a Hollywood movie about them or a scripted show on HBO or a documentary, like that they have at least some moment in the sun. And that in the same way that if you know, if you're a really invested sports fan, you mentioned like the you know, the New York Yankees logo there's also like a, a lineage that a lot of like basketball fans would just know off the top of their heads that like Michael Jordan was coached by Dean Smith, who was coached by Fogg Allen, who was coached by James Naismith. And it's like this clear way of like understanding how basketball was part of culture and part of history that men's sports just gets basically by default in our, in our culture. And so we wanted Hoop Muses to be able to backfill some of that storytelling where I can do a similar thing about the, the, the lineage, right? Like, you know, Sue Gunter was a coach at LSU, coached Simone Augustus, but she was also a coach in these AAU days in the 1940s and 50s. And so it just, it's a way of connecting to the history that does more than just that. It like creates um, a culture and a lineage that women's sports doesn't often get. That is sort of like the broad goal of the book, you know, but but we don't want when you look at it, you don't want to think there's a broad goal. It's just a fun book. But in the end, you want to be able to like you want to bring some of these women's name names like back to people's minds um, or maybe not even back, like introduce them for the first time.
0: For sure. And my last question, kind of rounding things out in, in, the, in the back of the book, I love, absolutely love when you include like top moments of the game, the top shots, all these iconic figures, the dynamic duos, everything like that, the movies that sh- should have been. So, why were these things that you should have, that you felt that should have been included at the end of the book to kind of wrap it up before the, the open, the future, that tying it in at the, the end? But all these things at the end, why did you feel to, to include those at the end?
1: There's actually like a very practical reason for it, which was that like in the creation of this book, I I always knew there was like this missing time period, right? I I had the black barnstorming clubs and the, and the all American redheads that barnstormed the country in the thirties and forties. And for a chunk of time, I couldn't figure out what was happening in the 1950s and 1960s before title IX, And then later on in the process, I read this really uh, wonderful rich book on the history of women's basketball. And they talked about these AAU clubs different than the AAU we know today. Um, and the relationship that schools and businesses had with like funding women's club teams like these were teams like Nashville Business College and, and Haynes Hosiery and I found them late enough in the process that I wasn't I wasn't in a place where I could like rewrite the book and include these long essays so I developed yeah and and some of the other stuff was like the movie posters they were long in the making but the top players, top moments, I was like, I need to include these women in these teams. And so I think this would be the perfect place. Like, I don't have enough information to to write a thousand word essay on them, but they were, they were part of the connective tissue that brings us from the origin of the game to today. And so we kind of created that middle ground where we were able to tell these little shorter snippet stories. But hopefully the end result is that if, if you do read the book cover to cover, you feel like, you, you weren't missing entire decades of where the game was and, and how people were playing
0: it. That is, that is so awesome. I Like I said, we got <laughs> a chance to get a copy of it at the station and I was so excited to read it. And I, uh, I learned all these awesome things about the game of basketball and Thanks. a fan myself and in this industry. It's it so awesome to see. So the book is definitely going to be, you know, well – well read at the the radio station as well throughout the campus in in South Jersey so again I really thank you so much for spending your time with me I know you're really busy got a lot going on and it just means a lot that you took the time to just talk about your book and discuss it with here at the radio station
1: awesome thank you for having me and thanks for the kind words about the book we're excited about it